And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Friday, October 1st, the beginning of the fourth quarter. But more importantly, Mark, do you know what today is? Today is open season for college funding. Yep. The brand new shiny free application for federal student aid or FAFSA form for academic year 2022-23 is available. Now guys, I know, don't roll your eyes. It's the main vehicle to apply for financial aid for college or grad school. So it's for you or for your kids or your grandkids, but you got to know this is, it's here. Okay, it's a lot easier to complete this form than it ever has been. So I encourage everybody who thinks that you even have a remote possibility of applying for financial aid and getting something, just go to the website student aid, all one word, studentaid.gov, or type in your browser FAFSA form. It's new. And don't forget the most important aspect of this, which a lot of people seem to kind of gloss over. It is true this is not due till next spring. And I know procrastinators out there don't want to necessarily hear this. However, think about this. There are some schools that award financial aid on a first come first serve basis. So don't you think it's smarter to get going now rather than wait till the spring? Could be some money there for you. Don't presume you won't get it. I mean, obviously, if you make a half a million dollars a year, you're not going to get it. But, you know, there's plenty of cases we've heard of people who are, you know, uh, you know, two municipal workers who are married who end up 
together and they say, oh, we'll never get financial aid. And they would have gotten financial aid. So complete the application, please. Okay. And send us your questions, jillonmoney.com. Click contact. That's what Mike did. Mike is 57 years old. His wife is 59. He says, I would like to retire in the next few years if possible. Our home is paid for and we have no other debt. I'm estimating we're going to spend about $125,000 to live the lifestyle we want to live in retirement. He currently makes 145, wife makes 20. He contributes the maximum to his Roth 401k every year. So here are the assets. Pay attention, Mark. Home value, $850,000. $133,000 in a Roth 401k, $47,000 in a 403b plan. One, about one and a half million dollars in an IRA at Vanguard, and then a bunch of other money in Vanguard. Uh, let's see, fifty grand in a Roth, and then uh, another million in taxable Vanguard accounts. So there's two point eight million dollars without the home equity. They've got about seventy in stocks, twenty five bonds. The rest is money marketing cash. Health is good. All right. Question number one, what type of account should our assets be in once I retire and start to draw on the money? Well, I mean, the first thing that happens is when you retire, you'll roll these retirement accounts into their appropriate homes, meaning your Roth 401k will roll into your Roth account. Just roll it in there. Okay. Roth to Roth. Very important. Now, obviously you must have worked previously in another job because you've got a bunch of money in this IRA that's out there. And what's going to happen is you're going to have to obviously think about the timing of when you draw down money, right? So you've got all this money that's in your taxable accounts at Vanguard. You're going to need to draw on that money when you start the process of retirement. And then those accounts are going to have to be much more conservatively managed. Okay. Frankly, you would have to have at least one or two years of your expenses. And you're saying you need about 125 grand a year. So you're going to need a lot of money in the cash accounts to float you. The funny part is, he says to me, how long do you think we need to work to be able to spend $125,000 per year in retirement? These are easy questions to answer, gang. I don't need to do this for you. Go run the numbers. Vanguard has a very easy to use platform. It's right there. There's a calculator that's there and use it. That's what you need to do. And if you want a little back of the envelope, as you think about this for yourself, for every million dollars or so that you've saved, you can safely withdraw about 30 grand from the account. So if you have, let's say $3 million right now, you're not there yet. Because if you pull 125 grand out a year, and it's too soon, then the problem is you're going to run out of money. I think we're, you are maybe considering your options in the sort of the reverse. And I'd like you to think about it as a couple of different ways. One is how much money could I safely withdraw from my portfolio? You know, and what, when can I start doing that to last me through retirement? That's really the question you need to ask yourself. Okay, let's see. Next, Paul writes, consider a single person in their early 60s who plans to defer Social Security until age 70. 
this person has 50% of assets in a taxable account, 50% in tax deferred. Let's also assume the amount of money is large enough that the tax rate will be high once required minimum distributions kick in and the annual living expenses are a small fraction of the portfolio. Let's say that 40000 is needed after taxes. I'm thinking it's better to take this from a tax deferred rather than taxable. All right, let's see. The thought process is, regardless of where the money is withdrawn, because there's no income, the tax rate will be 10 or 12%. So about 45 grand needs to be withdrawn. If the money is taken from tax deferred, the hit to long-term wealth is lower because that money would have eventually need to be withdrawn. Am I missing something in the rudimentary analysis? No, I don't think you need to do a Roth conversion. I think that while tax rates are low, I'd be happy to take money out of the deferred accounts as long as you're in the 12% tax bracket, as long as you can keep it there. That seems fine to me. It's essentially, instead of converting, you're using the money just to live on, and then you're reducing the need to take your RMD in the future. So that seems to make sense to me. I don't think you're missing anything. Julie says, I'm receiving the monthly child stimulus payment for my two kids. We don't need the money to make ends meet. Would it make sense to use the money to open a savings account or a 529 plan for them using the money? I'm still working on squaring away overall retirement financial planning, so I haven't started specific college savings for them. Well, Julie, I would use the money to secure the family's financial future, meaning If you have not really started anything and you're kind of starting to square up your overall retirement and financial planning, use the money to do that first. And what are the big three for you? That means you've got to have a a, emergency reserve fund. That means that you've got to try to pay down consumer debt. And that means you want to try to maximize retirement. Until you do that, I say, you know, that is the best use of that extra money. And if, you know, the way that you can square it in your head to make, doesn't make it seem like you're spending it on yourself rather than them, just think that the financial foundation that you're creating will alleviate the need for you to rely on your kids in the future. How about that? Okay. This is from Bala who says, I'm a regular listener. I start my day with your podcast and I listen to the second one. It brings me double the treat on Tuesdays and Thursdays. See that, Mark? You give them double pleasure. I have a question on insurance. Uh, My wife and I each have a million-dollar death benefit policy that has a cash value, and we invest monthly to the cash value is $100,000 in both of them. Boys are now independent. Um, I don't know the right step to take. There's no penalty on withdrawal of cash benefits. However, I'm just hesitant to make changes now. What's the best way to evaluate this? The thought we may leave behind a million dollars to my sons after death makes me feel secure, but surely there are better ways of doing this. First things first, how about we see if we actually need insurance at all? Okay. So the way you do that, you can go to any financial calculator. I'm sure you can go right to policygenius.com, but I'm guessing you don't need it. I'd like to know what else you have in your financial life, what kind of savings you've done, what kind of investing, what kind of retirement. My first blush inclination is that we get rid of these policies, take the money out, add them to investment accounts. But if there is some reason that you really think that using this money, this insurance money, and having this policy in place is very important, I just need to know more about you. But I'm going to err on the side of saying that I think you know the answer to this, which is you don't need this insurance, okay? All right, now, Jeff, 
writes, Hi, Jill and Mark, big fans of the show. Thanks for all the great work you do. I generally enjoy the how am I doing, can I retire types of episodes. Oftentimes, the callers tend to provide current and future asset debt numbers, yearly pension, social security, blah, blah, blah. What I generally don't seem to hear them talk about is their projected yearly dividend and interest payments from stocks and bonds. So for example, he says, so let's say a couple calls in, they've got $2 million in, in retirement assets. They really, they rarely say they're currently generating forty dollars or $50,000 of dividends and interest each year. As someone who enjoys the FIRE movement, financial independence retire early, I find that passive income numbers from stocks and ETFs and mutual funds to be very interesting. When assessing someone's financial health, are you explicitly trying to find out those totals from dividends interest? Or are you generally paying more attention to the principal amount of the assets? I'd love to hear more callers talk about how much they generate in those dividends and interest each year. So Jeff, the way that I think about it is that, you know, like I use obviously the the idea of dividends interest and capital appreciation in the modeling in my little brain that i have of what you could generate from a lump sum and so that's always figured in i don't pull it out as a separate line item but for example if you said i have 2 million dollars in retirement i usually think well that's someone who you know with a withdrawal rate of about 3% could safely pull out about 60 grand a year in that portfolio without plowing through the whole thing and and basically going to zero. I always consider, and any financial advisor or CFP would consider the fact that you would have that amount of money generating the income, but I wouldn't just say, oh, that's what I get. Because, you know, in the years that you don't get that, then you're going to be pissed off, essentially. But it is part of the overall planning structure that you are relying on interest, dividends, capital appreciation. And what we're trying to do when we sort of do these back of the envelope quick calculations with you is to kind of build that into the prospect of you retiring. All right. Uh, it's Friday, so the FAFSA form is available, and uh, we like to do a little business on Fridays. Our music is composed by award-winning composer Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the award-winning executive producer, the Gracie award-winning producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. I don't think they've won any awards themselves. We like to go into the weekend and remind you that we would like you to lift someone up. Our mantra here is grit, growth, grace, a little gratitude. Please check out our stuff. Just go to jillonmoney.com. Everything is there. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.